Well, good morning again, everybody. It, it is so good to be back, and, and uh, holy cow, it, it, um, um, <clears throat> thank you so much. Uh, I, I appreciate, I know many of you have, have been praying for me, for us uh, during this time, and we, we appreciate it so, so very much. Um, it has been an, an incredible time. Uh, now, now, don't worry, I'm not going to give you a complete travelogue with 100 slides today. Uh, I, there's a few highlights here and there. Uh, but but what, what I need to say right off the bat is please know that I did not spend 90 days on a mountaintop monastery in the Himalayas, all right? <laughs> did not do that. Um, I, I, I did begin my, my first week of the sabbatical in the Sierra Blanca Mountains in southern New Mexico. This was the, the view I had from, from the deck there. And uh, you, you're going to be taken by surprise in a couple of these things probably. But um, I, I, am, I have a book in mind that uh, is a true story. And it, it is, and so I, I spent time there taking 24 lecture uh, series on how to write best-selling fiction, even though mine's going to be a true story, but about 95% of it applied. And I'll tell you more about the book later, or not today, but you can ask me and I'll be glad to answer any questions you might have about that. Uh, after that, I got to spend uh, several days with my brand new grandson in Kansas City. There you go. Just happened to have a picture here <laughs> in the process. Uh, then Julie and I began our travels in the month of July. And uh, during that time, we passed a couple of milestones. As Jesse's already mentioned, on July the 17th, uh, it was our 25th anniversary of, of being your pastor on, on that Sunday. Uh, obviously, we were not here, but we got to celebrate it. Um, cruising on the Danube River through a beautiful part of Austria called the Wachau Valley. Now, you wouldn't believe all the trouble I went to to get this picture. I had to jump off the boat, swim ashore, climb to the... No, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> um, But uh, a wonderful, wonderful time there. At month, on July the 31st, it was our 40th wedding anniversary, and we got to... We got to absolutely, we got to celebrate that in uh, Florida with our family, all, all except for one son-in-law who had to work, un unfortunately, during that time. And then my final week of the sabbatical, I had kind of a last-minute opportunity to spend in the mountains on the east, in eastern Tennessee, in the Smoky Mountains there, where I got to commune with the bears uh, there. That, that's bear is headed toward my car, but I am not in my car at that moment. I am in the cabin above that. Um, but uh, a wonderful, wonderful time. I rested, I recreated, I replenished. And uh, I even learned to drive a little slower, not, not, not on the highway, but, but at least in, in town a little bit. Um, but I, I want to say I'm so, so grateful for our, our church staff who just did an incredible job. Uh, it, 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 has been, it has been a wonderful summer here at Southern Hills. Uh, we saw baptism this morning, so many other baptisms were in the summer of our youth and our children. Uh, so many saved during vacation Bible school and youth camp. Uh, vacation, that VBS very close to me. I got saved when I was in vacation Bible school at nine years old. So, so, so very exciting to see those things. Uh, all those that spoke in my, in, in, in my place did such an incredible job. Uh, everybody from, from Tyson and Senior Sunday did a wonderful series that Josh did and, and uh, Michelle and, and Steve, our, our lay leaders that spoke, Courtney Bullard, Zach Workin, Andrew Love, uh, again, just did incredible, incredible jobs. And I'm so, so very grateful. I, I, don't, I don't know if you realize this, but I could probably count on one hand how many pastors there are in America who could leave their church for 90 days 
and not worry <laughs> and not spend a moment's worry. And it's because we have such an outstanding staff and outstanding lay leadership. And once again, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so, so very much. <clears throat> I love you and I thank you so much for providing this opportunity for us that we've gotten to have this summer. So you ask, yes, so what about your spiritual takeaways <laughs> from your sabbatical? Um, you know, the, uh, the, the overarching, the overarching spiritual takeaway from my time could be really summarized in these two scriptures. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And then 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that, that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Now, you put those two together, and what comes out is run the race. Keep on running the race, and as you run, run to win. Plain and simple, plain and simple. Also, during this time, I, uh, uh, one of my key impressions is I had uh, lots of readings, lots of listenings in the process, is I, I began to, to get a, a much greater sense of just exactly where so many of us as Christians find ourselves these days. The mental, emotional, spiritual state of being, if you will, of Christians in our country. The state of the church in America as well. In fact, what I'd like for you to do in these next few moments, we're going to show you a series of pictures. And as you look at these, what I want you to ask yourself as you see these faces, as you see these people, ask yourself, what, what, what are you feeling? What are you experiencing as you see them? Let's, each one for about five seconds, so let's watch as we go. As you saw those people, as you saw those faces, with any of them along the way, did you find yourself thinking or feeling, ooh, ooh, that's, that's, that's me. That's exactly how I am feeling right now. Anybody experience that? You remember the book, the movie, The Perfect Storm? Anybody see that? Anybody read that book? Um, the Perfect Storm, they call it The Perfect Storm for a good reason. In fact, the Weather Channel actually provides, a, this is a picture of the actual perfect storm as it happened over the North Atlantic. They call it The Perfect Storm because there was a convergence of three very bad big storms that, again, that all converged together to form one huge, huge, enormous, terribly devastating storm in the North Atlantic. Again, that they called the perfect storm. Well, big question. Do you realize that you and I, that we are in a perfect storm right now? We are in a perfect storm right now. One of my listenings while I was gone was to an, an, an interview that uh, was done with John Eldridge. Uh, I know a number of our men did a study of his back in the spring, I believe it was. They um, finished it maybe back in the late spring or so. But as a part of that interview, Eldridge described 
the perfect storm that we are all in right now. These three storm systems forming the perfect storm. He says, I think this is a vulnerable moment. Now, that's a, a great understatement. First, that is storm number one, there was the modern life. And he's talking about in the last two and a half, three years. There was modern life, which was just insane in and of itself. All kinds of craziness, politically, socially, environmentally. And then, bam, along comes storm number two. The pandemic rolls through and clobbers everybody, he says. And this happens while all the other craziness is still going on. And then now, storm number three, in other words, we're in this deeply depleted condition, emotionally, spiritually, and many also physically depleted as a result of the virus. And all the while, the enemy of our soul sees an opportunity to cause a sweeping loss of faith in the world. This is the perfect storm we're in right now. So here we are, in our deeply depleted condition, all trying to, to jump back into life as though it never happened. And yet it did. We see symptoms of it all around us. Everything from the, the mass shooting of the, of the week, sometimes of the day, it seems. Road rage. I mean, goodness gracious, I mean, just this past Friday, a man didn't like how a woman was driving, followed her in an auto zone parking lot and shot and killed her. Fights on airplanes, airplanes halfway over the ocean, having to turn around and go back. Accelerated depression and anxiety. Our counselors are th booked up three months ahead of time. And then the spiritual depletion on top of all that. You know, texting is a very helpful way of communication. <laughs> um, in fact, if you have not engaged in our, our new church texting service, I want to encourage you to do that. Lots of good information that you can receive that way. And I promise you we will not send you any crazy texts. Anybody get any crazy texts these days? I, I got this one the other day. This was a first for me. <laughs> this is literally what it said. The federal government, in conjunction with World Bank, are set to help people in the society to meet up their needs. You have been qualified for $75,000, and it will be available for claim after you apply for the grant. And you can also apply, there's no punctuation anywhere, and you can also apply through the link below. You don't have to pay back anything. Of course you don't have to pay it back. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> you can text Agent Otis on a live chat through the number below for guidance on how to apply. <laughs> now, if any of you have ever been a fan of the Andy Griffith Show, you know, who, who comes to mind immediately when you think of Otis? <laughs> exactly. It's amazing what people try to do in pulling off these scams. I mean, who, who goes for this stuff? But again, texting can be a very helpful tool as well. I, I got this from a friend early last week. They write, I just feel empty inside spiritually. There's no motivation no inspiration. What do I do? Help. The perfect storm, Eldridge said, has converged over human hearts. Friends, so many Christians right now are in that exact same position. 
We find ourselves in in our society, in our culture right now, where our culture, our society desperately needs to know and experience the love of God, desperately needs to discover what it is to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But we as Christians are feeling right now, I, I feel totally insufficient to be able to demonstrate God's love, much less lead anybody else to Christ I, I, because of the way I feel right now. I feel like I'm just running on spiritual fumes. There's a phrase that we, we heard many times through our travels that you've heard it the same. The phrase, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. You get on the plane and the steward, stewardesses start to go through the, the safety protocols and then they get to the point where they say, in the event, in the unlikely event, <laughs> that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the ceiling. You see that take place? And then they always add, always. Now, if you're seated next to children or someone else who may need help putting on their mask, be sure that you put your oxygen mask on first before you try to help them put on theirs. Now, why do they say that? It's because if the cabin lost pressure, the the diminished oxygen, as, as more and more oxygen leaves the cabin, Passengers begin, in a matter of moments, begin to feel the effects of that disorientation, visual distortion, lack of coordination to the point that you may not be able to help anybody else put on theirs unless you have put yours on first. Friends, yes, God wants you to demonstrate his love to others. He wants us to influence others toward Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But we have to make sure that we are putting our oxygen mask on first. We have to make sure that we are breathing deeply of that spiritual oxygen that our Lord Jesus wants to give to us day in and day out, that life-giving spiritual oxygen, that we are tending to our souls first in order that we might help others tend to theirs. God created your soul for union with him. Your soul only functions in union with him. You know, there's an old song. Uh, maybe you, you liked this one years ago too. Uh, the, the chorus goes, uh, God is watching us. Remember this? God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Well, well that may be true for those who are, are not Christians, although God still is not ever very far away. But for those who are believers, that is just not the case. God is never far away. Jesus Christ is living within you. Not just with you, not just walking alongside you, not just all around you, but he is within you. Ephesians chapter 3, excuse me, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too, and this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. You, when you become a Christian, the Spirit of Christ comes to indwell your heart. He comes to live in you. And so the healing of your soul happens as your soul is deeply and strongly connected in union with the living Lord Jesus Christ who is within you. Jesus loves you. He wants you to experience that close connection each and every day. In fact, he illustrates this for us. Remember this, John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus said what? I am the vine, 
You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. You know, I, I've got a pair of scissors up here. <clears throat> and, and as you can see, I mean, it's a, it's a great pair of scissors, is it not? Stolen from the church office. And, um, uh, and, 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 and look, how, look how well these, these scissors perform. I mean, look at this. I mean, have you seen a better cut than that ever take place? I mean, I mean, I mean, these these are fruit-bearing scissors. <laughs> these are productive scissors. They they are, are can do what they've been created, what they've been made to do. But what happens when you remove this little connecting bolt from the scissors? How do they perform then? Well, <laughs> they can no longer perform the function for which they were created to do. That vital connection makes all the difference. All the difference. You see, Jesus said the result of maintaining that vital connection between the branch that is us and him, the vine, is the difference between no harvest and an abundant harvest with our lives. And when he talks about an abundant harvest, a fruitful harvest, he's talking about what the Bible would refer to as things like the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruit of character, the, Christ, the character of Christ being reproduced in our lives. The fruit of influence on others for Christ. And notice also that Jesus makes it clear that God wants to be intimately involved in our lives to help this harvest, this fruitful harvest to happen in and through us. You see what else he says, John 15, 1, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. You see, when you became a Christian, God didn't just say, hey, I got another one, and then set you aside and wait for you to get to heaven. No. What did he do? He is daily wanting to be intimately involved in our lives. The master gardener, if you will. Look at one of the key things that he does. John 15, verse 2, Jesus said, he, last part of verse 2, he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You remember what the purpose of pruning is? You, you, you cut away all those excess branches and stems and twigs. I mean, all that excess stuff is, is cut away in order that the remaining branches might be filled with that life-giving, with those life-giving nutrients and strength and energy that comes from the vine, that it might freely flow into those branches. Let me ask, is there any pruning any kind of pruning that our heavenly gardener needs to do in your life right now in order to see more fruit take place. Any pruning. You know, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, but life can be very hard. <laughs> and again, these past couple of years have been very, very hard. I mean, they, they have affected us in ways that we're not even fully aware of yet. And, and in some ways that we won't be aware of probably for generations, to be quite honest. All kinds of distractions, temptations, and challenges that can drain your soul of the spiritual vitality that comes from the vine. 
all kinds of distractions. You know, we typically think of distractions such as sinful habits and activities, and, and certainly they are. But some would say that the current strategy of the devil is not just in trying to get us to sin, but is to try to drown God out of our lives with all kinds of noise. Noise. The noise from this perfect storm that we're in. Anxiety-producing life circumstances. I mean, you take your pick, whatever those might be. Challenging relationships, chaotic relationships, social media, all the stuff that is thrown at you on your phone every day. You remember Christ's amazing invitation to us found in Matthew chapter 11? Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, Jesus is not extending that invitation to us from the top of some mountaintop yelling down, hey, hey, you, you, wait, 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 wait down there. You know, the, the, you're the one that's carrying all those heavy burdens and stuff. Hey, hey, listen, just, just come on up to me. Come on up to me and I'll give you rest, rest, rest. <laughs> Jesus is calling you, inviting you, not from the top of a mountain somewhere. He is calling you from deep within your own heart and soul. But we can't hear him because of all the noise, all the noise in our lives, overwhelming distractions where we just forget to focus on our union with Christ. But all the while, Jesus wants to give you rest he wants to bring healing to your soul. But our problem is, again, we're, we're just not stopping long enough to listen, not stopping long enough to be quiet enough, long enough to allow him to heal our souls. So let me ask again, what is it that our heavenly father, our heavenly gardener would want to prune from your life that is keeping you from hearing him these days? that is totally distracting you, that is drowning him out. Maybe it is some sinful habit or activity that you know is wrong. Maybe for many of us, it's social media that's just consuming your life. Maybe it is too much time on your phone. Let him prune those things away. But for many others, it's difficult circumstances. It's challenging people. And those are not things that, <laughs> they're the kind of things that can just simply be eliminated from your life. I mean, those are, some of those circumstances are circumstances that you might be stuck with for a while. Some of those people that are so chaotic and loud in your life are, are people that you may, be, you may need to see that you have to be with. So how can God prune us of those distractions? Peter tells us. 1 Peter 5, verse 7, give all, give all your worries and cares to God, 
for he cares for you. Do you hear what he's inviting you to do? Give all your worries and cares to me, God says, because I care for you. He invites you to give him all those distractions that have been draining you of that spiritual vitality, all those distractions that have been pulling you away from the life-giving flow of the vine, to give him all those worries, all those cares. The great saint of yesteryear, Augustine, said, we must empty ourselves of all that fills us so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. Some call that creating soul space, soul space. You know, we, we saw earlier in the service in Ephesians 3 where the Apostle Paul prayed that Christ would be more and more at home in your hearts. But because of all those distractions, because of all that lack of soul care, some of you may have been asking the question, I'm not sure, I'm not sure it, where Jesus is anymore. I, 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 don't, I don't feel him in my heart. I, I, where, is, is he still there? Yes, yes. If there came a time in your life when you invited Jesus to come into your heart, yes, he is still there. He has never left. He has always been there, and he always will be there. The problem is, is that we allow all these other distractions. To, we start squeezing all these other things into our heart, into our souls, and push Jesus off into some corner to where it feels to us like he's not there anymore. But he's just waiting to empty your, for you to empty your heart of all those distractions. Let God take those away from you so that he will be fully welcome once again. Here's what I want us to do as we wrap up. I, I want us to do really what we did just a few minutes ago during the service. Except now I hope that you have a much greater understanding of the what and the why. So let me ask you to do this once again. It's just a time of, of personal quiet time. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And draw an imaginary circle, if you, if you would, around where you sit. Just shut out anything that may be distracting you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And with your head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you in a moment to take a deep breath. And then as you exhale, once again, exhale all those distractions. To give God, just as, as God invites you to do, give God all your worries, all your cares. It may take a couple of deep breaths, a couple of exhalations, if you will, to get through those. But take the moment to do so. Take that deep breath, and now exhale. Give him everything. Lord, I give you everything. I give you everyone. Everything that keeps me from experiencing the fullness of your love in my heart and soul today, I give it all to you, Lord. Give him those chaotic relationships. Give him every worrisome situation, every anxiety-producing circumstance. Give it all over to him. Take this quiet moment to do that.
And now ask him, Lord, please make yourself fully at home in my heart. Jesus, fill me with your healing presence. Heal my soul. Let me experience your love in a fresh, powerful way like I haven't in a long time. Heal my soul, I pray. thank you thank you, thank you for caring for us thank you for making your presence, your love known to us and we ask that you would please continue to heal our souls and as we have given to you all these distractions if we've given you all our worries and cares We can't wait to see what you are going to do with them. So we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.